extend my humble obeisances. Thank you very much. When we really uh, have dire material problems, may we pray to Lord Krishna to help us. Example, I teach. At school, my hand was broken by a pupil. And pupils waited for me after school to throw stones at me. Apart from that, I know no teacher at present who does not hate the job. Thank you. I know, I know Gurukul teachers like the job. So far, I don't have any Gurukul teachers got their hands Can we pray for Krishna to help us? There's different types of devotion. There's devotion mixed with karma and there's pure devotion. In devotion mixed with karma, we serve Krishna but we want to get material benefits. In pure devotion, we want to please Krishna and we simply want His pleasure. That's the only criteria. No conditions are given. So if we start to pray for, to Krishna for material things, then it becomes devotion mixed with material things. So it becomes karma, mistrita, bhakti. That's the general idea, but some things we can pray for. Self-preservation and good health are something that you can desire because otherwise how can you serve Krishna? But even then, if Krishna wants us to die or wants to take us out from here, we're willing to go. Whatever he wants. So therefore, we, if we do pray something which appears to be like borderline or seems to be material, sometimes we pray for the health of our spiritual master if he's sick. We say, Krishna, please allow our spiritual master to stay here with us for some more time because we need his guidance. If it so, please you. He qualifies if it please you, Krishna. I mean, ultimately, if you want something different, we're not insisting you know best. And Krishna, I would like to do some more service to you and not be stoned to death by my students. If it so please you that I can somehow survive this and be able to do some more service for you, I will appreciate it. That would be a more Krishna conscious way of presenting it. 
Dear Krishna, I'm only 23 and I haven't gotten married yet and I haven't experienced the joys of family life and they're going to already kill me outside. Please allow me to live longer so can I enjoy life. That would be material, right? So there's ways of praying to Krishna in a more spiritual oriented way and the ways of doing it in a more materialistic oriented way. So if you do it, and if, if you want to go do your service to Krishna, say, Krishna, I want to teach the students. I want to be friends with the students so that I can bring them closer to you. But they are so difficult. Please give me the intelligence how I can teach them in such a way that maybe I can give them also a little bit of Krishna consciousness. In a public school, you may think, well, we can't do that. Overtly, you can't teach religion. But sometimes, maybe on Christmas, you can give out Christmas cookies. There's things you can give out for some. There may be certain things you can get away with. I don't know what the limits are. Or when you're giving an example, you don't have to mention the names. You could give an example from the Bhagavatam and just change the names. Instead of Prahlad and Rashinya, you've got Harry and Bill. So the teachings are the same, but they're just uh, so there's a different way. I know different teachers, they do different things, but... So there's uh, ways you can pray to Krishna which doesn't compromise if you want pure devotion. Because what's the difference? What's the problem if Krishna gives you a material thing? Well, there's no problem for Krishna. He can give you very easy. The thing, if you try to please Krishna, He'll give you material things anyway. You don't even have to ask for them. But if you ask for them, it kind of reduces your whole relationship to a business deal. I serve you. What are you doing for me? See, sometimes Krishna tests his devotees. Are you really serving me because of love or because you want something material from me. Whether Krishna does a test, maybe Lakshmi test or Maya Devi test. Just like Vipra Sudama, he was so poor, his wife is pushing, go and ask Krishna for something. When he went to see Krishna, he couldn't ask for anything. He just wanted to serve. Even when Krishna said, give me the flat rice, he couldn't ask for the, he couldn't give that because that is not good enough for Krishna. So he went all the way to see Krishna, had such a wonderful time, but he never asked Krishna for anything material. When he went back to his house, there was a huge palace there. He passed the test. And he used his house for Krishna's service. So say somebody who serves Krishna, they do some devotional service, they may not get so much in this material world, but they have many material desires. So it says the next life, Krishna lets them go to Swarga and they live in huge opulence, unlimited sense gratification, 50,000 years, 100,000 years. They get all their material desires, and it says, it's not like they're the loser. But then some devotees, I don't want to, we already hear most of the people raising hands, they don't want to go to Swarga. They don't want to go to heavenly planets and do temporary vacation. They want to go back to Krishna. So then we want to always qualify. We may really be in danger, Krishna. 
I want to serve you. I, I'm not ready right now. I don't feel I'm, you know, if you want to take me back, well, okay. Then please help me to get back to you. But right now I'm in this huge crisis. What should I do? You can pray to Krishna for help. But just try to keep it oriented uh, with connected to serving Krishna, not just uh, for some material preservation for sense gratification. Then you won't have an obstacle. In the case of uh, Uttara, she prayed for her baby, not for herself. Krishna Krishna Jagatpati, Deva Deva Jagatpati, saved my embryos being attacked by the Brahmastra of Aswatthama. Where's uh, Bhaktichuru Maharaj? Is somebody find him? Is he coming? He's overdue. Bhaktichuru Maharaj is supposed to come at 645. We're waiting. One last question here, Krishna Maharaj. Please enlighten us on the pastime on Lord Jagannath in Ganeshpur. I saw this at the Bhakti Vidanta Manor in London and I missed the explanation. Thank you, Hare Krishna. This uh, is also done at uh, Melbourne, Australia, in Mayapur. So I asked the priest in Mayapur what's the history they gave me. Uh, I didn't read it anywhere, so what I heard from the priest it was maybe a little vague. That there was some devotee in Jagannath Puri who was a devotee of Ganesh. Today someone asked me that if they worship Krishna and stop worshiping Ganesh, it's bad luck. I was explaining to them that actually all the devas are in Guru and all the devas are in Krishna. So if you worship Krishna, automatically all the devas are worshipped. So by this uh, devotee had a doubt, he was attached to worshipping Ganesh. And uh, so then uh, Ganesh appeared to him and told him that you should worship Krishna, Jagannath, he's the uh, Supreme Lord. And the devotee went to worship Krishna. And so like then Krishna, Jagannath, suddenly he turned his form and showed this form of elephant, like Ganesh. So the devotee sees Ganesh, tells him to worship Krishna, sees Krishna, he turns into Ganesh. So it's like showing the devotee that when you worship me, you should know Ganesh is also within me. All the devas are in me. Something, uh, that's what the head Pujari told me, it's a pastime like that. But uh, there may be some more details which uh, I don't know because I'm hearing it like that from the parampara of the Pujaris. But this is the one, there's the 22 or so different Veshas, different forms that Jagannath takes. So, uh, Ramchandra form, Padma forms, golden form, elephant form. I remember all of them. You can get a poster, it shows the different forms. Each one has got some history behind it. So that's why some days in the year you see Jagannath with a different form. 
Bhakti Chunaraj will be here in five or ten minutes. I'll be available after this for a private personal darshan. In the meantime, let's own a chant once. How many of you finished all your japa? Who didn't finish their japa? Did you chant one round of japa together? If anybody wants me to check their japa later, then I can hear your japa and see how it is. This japa jagya is very auspicious. Important because uh, for me, this, this verse sticks in my mind. Uh, how the people, they're suffering, ignorance means you're suffering. It's a misidentification with your body and the mind, and they're suffering in the West. But instead of wanting to get a solution from it, they think that it's okay. They're happy in their suffering. They think, I'm very happy and satisfied. I have Like you go to see somebody in the hospital and they're sitting there with all the tubes up their nose and intravenous drips and EC going on. And you say, how you doing? I say, oh, I'm okay. Because he was worse yesterday. He was suffering more. And all he's suffering a little less. He's got all the painkillers and everything. So he's doing okay. So it's all relative. But what real happiness is, how much actual happiness there is in hearing about the message of Vasudeva, Krishna, that people are missing out of. That's in the mode of pure goodness. But I know your causeless mercy can make everything possible. You are the most expert mystic. <clears throat> so Prabhupada is saying, okay, this is a real tough job. You send me to some terrible place. Everybody is materialistic. Not only are they ignorance and passion, but they're not, you know, some people are ignorant and passion, but they're suffering. They think they're suffering. Get me out of this. Just like most pious people, when there's some difficulty, they say, God, save me. You know, this is horrible, I need your, I need your help. You hear a situation where people are suffering, they don't even think they need help. They think, ah, it's all right, you know, just have another drink, have somehow, you know, they got their rhythm down. And they don't think, they don't see how much they're suffering, how they're getting, running through old age, disease, death, and rebirth. So it's a real tough, tough nut to crack. How to make these people understand the, the nectar of Krishna consciousness. So it's a daunting task, and they think, so, well, everything is possible by your causeless mercy. So Prabhupada is asking for causeless mercy, it's not uh, for a special Ahituki Kripa. On all these people, on all these Western people, that they should be uh, delivered by Lord Krishna. 
So they should not only be delivered, they should develop somehow this taste for chanting and hearing the message of the Lord. He bhavi bhujale tara bhuji sehi rasa eta kipa kala prabhu kone cha pasa. How will they understand the mellows of devotional service, O Lord? I am simply praying for your mercy so that I will be able to convince them about your message. Today we have one devotee and one member in our Bhakti Yoga Society name was Rasa. See here? Rasa. He's mentioned in Prabhupada's prayer, you can tell me. How do they understand this mellow of devotional service? I couldn't explain mellow on that last Probably a unique word. The nectar of devotional service, the juice, the mellow, the ras. He put Lord Krishna constantly because there's a nectar there. But they gotta taste the nectar first, so they just tell them about it's one thing, but somehow they gotta get a feel for it. So how are they gonna get that nectar? How are they gonna be convinced that, okay, this must, this is really where it's at? So he's praying, simply praying for your mercy. Give them mercy. Give me mercy that I can get them convinced about your transcendental message. So, Maravichai Sabahuya Mahiya Arbas, Tomaichai Nasa Maya Arbas. It's really interesting. All living entities have come under the control of the illusory energy by your will. And therefore, if you like, by your will, they can also be released from the clutches of illusion. This whole material illusion was created by Krishna <coughs> in order to keep us uh, under control. Similarly, if the Lord wants, He can have us all liberated from this illusion. That's a wonderful. This is the one that took me up in the morning. Just like uh, in your car, you have it. You can turn it to cool, or you can turn it to heat. Same control panel, you can go either way. You can turn it heat or cold. Right? Now, probably at this temperature, most people like to put it on the heating side. But when it gets hot here, then we'll put it on the cold side. So, like that, Krishna, you can put them in a lotion, you can take them out of a lotion. So, release them. It's the indicate problems leading up to that. 
I wish that you were made deliver that. If I feel so desired and deliverance, then only will they be able to understand your message. You'll certainly be able to try one time. To certainly be able to understand your message by your mercy. Understanding Krishna's message, how many times you see people that pick up this Bhagavad Gita and they say, Oh, I read your Bhagavad Gita, I couldn't understand anything. Sometimes it doesn't enter into their understanding. We see if someone does a little service, takes some prasad, turns Hare Krishna, studies with the help of a devotee, then so all of them, and they can understand. So they get some mercy from Krishna. Also, there's a saying in the Bhagavad, Chaitanya Charanavita Radha, Kali Kali Dharma Nama Sankirtan Krishna Kripa Bhimi Nahi Tarpavartha. The, the Kali Kali Dharma, the age of Kali's uh, religious principle, is the Nama Sankirtan, is the congregational chanting of the holy names. Krishna Kripa means the mercy of Krishna, meaning without it. Mahita Prabhartha, there is no spreading of the Krishna conscious movement. So Srila Prabhupada, he's not going to try to preach by his own strategy, by his simply, but although he will give his full effort, but that's not what he's depending on, he's depending on mercy of Guru and Krishna. With their mercy, everything's possible. That humility and that uh, dependence, that's the essence of bhakti. And by the mercy of Krishna, only is the Krishna consciousness full and possible. Successful book distributors, successful preachers, when they preach to someone, they're praying to Krishna in their heart. To give mercy to this person. In this way, when they get Krishna's mercy, then they start to understand. Bhagavate Kratase Tabo Avatar Dilahanya Sunajari Kami Bhagavan. The words of the Srimad Bhagavatam are your incarnation. And if a sober person repeatedly receives it with submission, submissive oral reception, then he will be able to understand your message. In Bengali, when they say, say, in Bengali, that's a, this is a poem written in Bengali language. It doesn't have a gender. 
saying is equally he or she. But it is translating English to the masculine. But here it's uh, just linguistically, if you want to say her, you say say. If you want to say he, you say say. It's the same. So this applies to anybody. Anybody who hears the words of the Srimad Bhagavatam. With submissive oral reception, gradually they'll be able to understand their message. And then Prabhupada, he quotes one, two, three, four, five verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam that exactly explain step by step how the Srimad Bhagavatam medicine works. It's a progressive purification that comes from the hearing of Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's mentioned right here. Srinivatana Svakata Krishna Punya Sadhana Kirtana Hridantasto Hyabhadrani Vidunati Suhit Satam Nashtapraesha Bhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavaduttama Sloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki Tadarajastamo Bhava Kamala Bhadayaschaje Kamalo Bhadayaschaje Chaitanithaya Anavidham Sitam Satve Prasidati Evam Prasanna Manaso Bhagavad Bhakti Yogata Bhagavad Tatta Vijnanam Mukta Sangasya Jayate Vidyate Hidaya Granthis Chijante Sarvasam Soya Chiyante Chasya Karmani Prishta Evatmanishwari Understood? Translation. It is said in the Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.17-21 and following is the core translation of all these verses. Sri Krishna, the Supreme Person, the Personality of Godhead, who is the Paramatma, Super Soul in everyone's heart and the benefactor of the truthful devotee, cleanses desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee who relishes his messages, which are in themselves virtuous when properly heard and chanted. By regularly hearing the Bhagavatam and rendering service unto the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is practically destroyed. And loving service unto the glorious Lord who is praised with transcendental songs is established as an irrevocable fact. At the time loving service is established in the heart, the modes of passion, rajas and ignorance, tamas, and lust and desire, kama, disappear from the heart. Then the devotee is established in goodness and he becomes happy. Thus established in the mode of goodness, the man, rejuvenated by loving service to the Lord, gains liberation from material association, mukti, and comes to know scientifically of the personality of Godhead. Thus the knots of the heart and all misgivings are cut to pieces. 
The chain of recruitive actions, karma, is terminated when one sees the self as master. Maybe we should have read all these verses to the high school students today. At least once they would have heard the Bible and verse. Start the process of purification. We hear the Bhagavatam, one thing after another happens, right? The cleansing comes from within. Who's cleaning? Super souls in the heart. When we hear the message of the Bhagavatam, we hear the Bhagavat, then the cleansing is going on from within. What is that dirt that's cleansed? That is desire for material enjoyments. We're attached to this material world because uh, we think that this material enjoyment is going to make us happy. But when somebody starts to get happiness from hearing about the pastimes of the Lord and the message of the Lord, which are in themselves spiritual, virtuous, and properly chanted, then we get a higher taste. And that cleanses the desire for material things, material enjoyment. So we regularly hear and render service to the pure devotees. Then the different kinds of material misgivings and doubts and attachments which are creating so many troubles for us, all those troublesome things are destroyed. When that happens, as long as we're really disturbed and distracted by so many material desires for enjoyment from so many attachments, anger and frustrations and lamentations over different kinds of uh, material sense gratification that we lost or we want or we're afraid of losing or something. There was so much distraction, it was very hard to have pure loving service for Krishna established. Once these things are cleared away, then the loving devotional service is established as an irrevocable fact. That means now it's, it's really firmly uh, fixed there in my heart. So then, when that happens, and one starts to really have a desire, I want to serve Krishna, I want to please Krishna, serving Krishna, not people that do a little puja, but with the idea of Krishna, or, or whoever the deity is they're praying to, I want to get this thing or that thing, or just asking for material things. So that worship is covered with this desire for material enjoyment. But when somebody really wants to serve Krishna just as a service for Krishna, not for some ulterior, ulterior mundane reason, then that further purifies the heart. It takes things to another level. At that time, passion, ignorance, lust, and desire to disappear from the heart. And the devotee gets situated in the platform of goodness and becomes happy. Naturally, the devotee feels happy in that devotional service. <coughs> so then, this person who's now situated in goodness, who's been rejuvenated by loving service to the Lord, what happens? He achieves mukti. He achieves liberation from the chain of karma, cause and effect. 
he knows scientifically about Krishna. Not just uh, in a very clear way he understands the Krishna science. So then when he knows about Krishna, then all the kind of misgivings and, and vagaries in the mind, they are cut to pieces. It says that knowledge is the light to take away darkness of ignorance. So any misgiving someone has is because of ignorance, they don't know the truth. Once they know the truth about Krishna very clearly, then all those misgivings are driven away. So then the chain of prudent actions is terminated. And you see the Atma, the Self, the Spirit Soul, is the master of the body and mind. So here Prabhupada is saying, okay, if I can repeat his words of Srimad Bhagavatam, in your incarnations you already predicted that these things are going to happen. So this way, I know if I can somehow just uh, give the message of the Srimad Bhagavatam to these American and Western people that it's going to have its effect. And people will be liberated from all this suffering. He will become liberated from the influence of the modes of ignorance and passion, and thus all inauspicious things accumulated in the core of the heart will disappear. So now Prabhupada is confirming what the Sanskrit said. This is, you've given us the secret, so now if I can expose the people to this message, in due course of time it will have all these effects. He kore bujabho katha maro sechani kudravithi nahi no kono shakti nahi. How would I make them understand this message of Krishna consciousness? I'm very unfortunate, unqualified, and a most fallen. Therefore, I am seeking your benediction so that I can convince them. I am powerless to do so on my own. So again we see how Prabhupada is pleading with Krishna, praying for the mercy. How to get the people to understand this message? Is to hear the message of the Bhagavatam, understand it, and then it will take and have its magical effect. So he said, I'm very it's a dina, dina, hina, ono shakti nai. Kudra, I'm very insignificant, I'm very unfortunate, unqualified, I don't have any potency, I don't have any energy, but I'm most fallen. 
So it's really humbling yourself to Krishna. Because by your mercy, everything is possible. I'm powerless on my own to do it. Your mercy, Krishna. That this can be done. Who's completely free of any faults or ego. Just totally surrendering to Krishna and praying for the mercy that be bestowed upon all these uh, people in the West. Somehow or other, Lord, you have brought me here to speak about you. Now, my Lord, it's up to you to make me a success or failure as you like. <coughs> Whatever you desire, my Lord, you please do it. You can make me success, you can make me shy, you can do whatever you like, I do. If Krishna gives his mercy, everything is possible. If Krishna gives his mercy, then nothing is possible. He come all the way and all he's reached and he's making this very heartfelt prayer to Krishna. But Krishna is very kind to his devotee. Krishna is very merciful to his devotee. How is he going to refuse to help the devotee? He's simply trying to do the Lord's work. not asking for anything for himself or anything for some mundane uh, purpose. He's only asking mercy to carry out the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that in every town and village around the world this message will be spread. Akhil Jagadu Bachano Alankita Kuriva Spiritual master of all the worlds, I can simply repeat your message. So, if you like, you can make my power of speaking suitable for their understanding. When I was taking uh, the goal to see Shuddha I joined him after. We came to the temple for one week, it was Rati after then I shaved up on the Rati after day. So I wanted to go shaving up and then I wanted to go to meet the Guru because I always had gone to see the Gurus in different missions and I wanted to see the Guru. And I was already so much impressed by his disciples, I wanted to see him. But that time the temple president told me that you shouldn't go. You can't understand any of the problems. He speaks with Indian accent, difficulty. So I tried to understand. 
Just stay here, we need to read some Sankirtan and the devotees. So there was other, the, this devotee who was uh, guiding me, I think, Utendra, Sanat, so this. Uh, you offered the temple wisdom to take it by which you could see problems. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> 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 and uh, oh, President is very good. So. <laughs> you should go and uh, you should uh, get some problems associated because uh, he's going to go to India now, he's not in good health. We don't know when he's coming back. So, this is, uh, this is a very rare opportunity. So then I asked that person, well, if I, I thank you for everything that was me. Definitely was a change of the attitude there. Uh, so anyway, I decided to go. Krishna's mercy, somehow I could, I could understand the problems. Some people, they did, they did I guess. <laughs> but it seemed to me like whatever he was speaking was just pure nectar. And I saw someone. So definitely, I mean, at least for me, Prabhupada got all this uh, mercy of Krishna's ears. Everything he said was just like nectar to my ears. I could never imagine such beautiful things. I guess Prabhupada, he would sometimes specifically speak with very basic things, but. When he spoke, I don't know how to say it. So much intensity to whatever he was saying. He really spoke from the heart. I remember also, like, there's one. Sometimes you get in India, you get these big orators, and they can speak such flowery words, they can speak such a way about some religious topic. I remember that, so what just happened, uh, Banu Marasen was walking down the street, and just walked by one of his, every person was Gana Yogis, Gana Yagya, Gita Gana Yagya, and some people walking out, and the brand, the, they get start exactly on time, one hour, finish it. One hour or so. So, yes, yeah, so how was the lecture? So, oh, it's fantastic. I mean, this wow, speaker, wonderful. So, what did he say? What did he say? Hmm. <laughs> and this is a my question. I expect you to understand what Swamiji said. It just sounded so great. I don't know what he said. It was really wonderful. It was so flowery and attractive. You know. Couldn't understand anything that Swamiji was saying. Just that the combination of words sounded pretty attractive, like poetry or something, but he couldn't really understand it. That's the difference. The Prabhupada would speak in such a way it was very beautiful, it was very attractive, but it was understandable. He was speaking with the purpose that the people would understand, not with the purpose of showing off I am a great orator. I can speak so many flowery things, you won't even understand what I'm talking about. <clears throat> he would speak in such a way that people could understand what he was saying and be convinced by it. That's what he's praying here. Give me the power of speaking suitable for their understanding. 
I'm going to come here just to impress people. I want to make them understand. I want to get them liberated. I want them to go back to Godhead. So on and so forth. Tava pipa ole mora kota sutra mole. Sunya savano soka dukha jenguchile. Translation Only by your causeless mercy will my words become pure. I am sure that when this transcendental message penetrates their hearts, they will certainly feel enlightened and thus become liberated from all unhappy conditions of life. So here, what's the mercy of the Lord? So the words become pure. And thus, with the pure words, the transcendental message will penetrate the heart. <coughs> When that happens, all their suffering and unhappiness will become vanished and they'll become liberated from all unhappy conditions of life. It's really how Prabhupada is doing this for the mercy, for the benefit of all of the conditioned souls that in the West. You're giving them message, carrying out the order of the gurus, so that the people will be uplifted. Some people go to the West and say, that's the people said, Prabhupada, you're coming from India. We are Americans. We are a rich country. You are a poor country. Coming from poor country, what do you want to change from us? <coughs> Australians said the same thing. Many different people ask like that. So I didn't come here to take from you. I came to save you from a cat and dog's life. I came to save them from all the suffering that they're going through. The Prabhupada came to give, give them the nectar of Krishna and save them from so much suffering. We can see here from his prayer, he doesn't have any other purpose. I've come to the West, give me a blessing that I can give us money and build a big temple in India. There was nothing on the other side, the doing things like that. They would go to the West and they make a couple of disciples, go back to what's called Vilati Pirot in India. Return from the West. Certified, okay, he's a, the one Swamiji would go and everyone would tell everybody in the West, oh, in India, everybody worships this uh, Baba, this uh, Sadhu. They would go in India and say, oh, everybody in the West, they worship that Sadhu. So like this, in both places, but actually in either place, people were worshiping. But then because of all this uh, kind of false propaganda, then somebody will become prominent in India for a while. But nobody was changing. Nobody was changing. Prabhupada didn't want to just come back. In fact, he didn't come back apart from his health until he has established Krishna consciousness in the West. Then when he came back to India for his health, he saw that in India nothing's happening. People are going more and more westernized. Then he said, we have to do something in India too. And he sent me and other devotees to India. Because he was concerned. (coughs) 
Oh Lord, I'm just like a puppet in your hands. So if you have brought me here to dance and make me dance, make me dance, oh Lord, make me dance. Is there something sharp for that? Make me dance as you like. So take me like a puppet in your hand. Just make me dance. You take charge of my senses, Krishna. You do with me whatever I need, that needs to be done. Many uh, senior saintly people accepted that uh, Prabhupada personally was being controlled by Lord Chaitanya. They thought that he was like Shakta Vesh Avatar of Lord Chaitanya to spread this movement. He could do things, he could convince people just by meeting the people who were changed. It's a, it's a transcendental opulence. <clears throat> He had so much uh, on the Lord's mercy. Bhakti mai bhaiva mai nami kubhavu Bhakti vedanta nami vesakta kankuru I have no devotion, I have any knowledge, but I have strong faith in the holy name of Krishna. I have been designated as Bhakti vedanta and now if you like, you can fulfill the real purpose of Bhakti vedanta. Bhakti Vedanta, devotion and transcendental knowledge. So probably the only humbling himself, every verse is humbling. That's what we should do when we pray to Krishna to humble ourselves. He's saying, I have strong faith in the holy name that by chanting Hare Krishna, hearing the Bhagavatam, it's going to have a faith. He who believes in this medicine. The problem is sit down in Thompson Square Park and chanting Hare Krishna. And then get a little message from the Bhagavatam. So one devotee one time was walking by the 26-second avenue and saw Prabhupada inside there through the window, saw him giving a very powerful lecture, moving his hands, and he thought, wow, I'm missing the lecture. He went inside, he thought that the whole temple would be packed with people. He went in, Prabhupada was all alone. Mm. Prabhupada says, there's nobody here, what do you mean? <laughs> Indra, the devas, the demigods, they're all here to sing. So come in, come in. <laughs> Prabhupada, he said, well, are you going to be a Bhagavad Gita class? Are you going to be in a class? Whether people came or not. So, to this day, on this day, in 1965, I 
life. Yeah, yeah, that is. Oh, I said wrong today. I said you're right. I thought you were right with 66. Yeah, yeah. Register the scan with 66. So right 65. So that means 65, 75, what, uh, 10 years, 85, 95, 38 years. 38 anniversary. 40th anniversary of Prabhupada's arrival to the West next year. I mean, two years from now. Should have a good celebration. Right? And this year is the 108th anniversary of Prabhupada's appearance. And this year we're establishing the uh, Panchatatua Lili, I think this makes the work for me. Your pretty arctic, 
to satisfy you, casting a, a horti, which will be installed as a deity. Amishimanda, we pray for your blessings. These are the Yajamanas, the sponsors, and those like five pages of devotees. I'm reading one end of so and so, this one, Sarka, Makunda, this one, that, that, see. I said, well, my name is not here. You want to be there, you don't want to miss out on this chance to be a sponsor for one of them. So, when I saw before, I saw that my name wasn't there, so I sent out the site for him, 200 bucks and then 200 dollars to purchase a kilo of gold. And uh, so one of the samples said, I'm paying out for that. So we got a kilo of, not gold, a kilo of silver, sorry, gold, it's a bit too much, but ah, for the, for the kilo of silver that was purchased, not kilo of gold, it was hot more than 20 dollars, one ounce of 300 something. So, uh, and when you, since I was contributing. <clears throat> but I thought it was really something very historical to be part of the whole dedication. Of, uh, because these deities are for the whole Kalayuga, at least one of the rest. And it's a very, very important Kalpa, something other people predicted this temple. But we you know Tapo predicted so many things. So to be part of the whole operation. I mean, so they made a very simple even for forty-one dollars went to mouth for one kilo of the metal. So to light it up not only the metal casting but the whole installation ceremony and things. And they give people medallions and sets of DVDs and so on things, depending on how much they can do it. So anyway, that was a like even some of us have been writing, right? 108 times the Hare Krishna mantra, three times Manchitatra mantra. Now we put under the temple very base. But everybody somehow or other participate in this. Uh, I saw in Russia, some people didn't, didn't have a method. They, a few people gathered together and they put in some rules and got enough to sponsor it, you know. But. Uh, it's like a historical thing, a new chapter coming. Prabhupada's did the, opened the chapter of uh, the West 30 years ago, and then 1977, he laid the foundation stone for the big temple. And now, finally, after 787, 87, after, what's it, 26 years. Well, 27 years that we finally were able to uh, take it to this temple, installing the main uh, deities and then starting at the temple. We also, in the main temple, we come up with some design uh, feature that Prabhupada had given some little sketch. We make the temple like an umbrella, one big center structural pole, and then the temple should hang from that. Kind of like a big uh, dragon up to Pratyatra card or something. 
So we took and now they have you know this new kind of uh, structures made from stainless steel cloth. This cloth we can say it's like a fat a tech fabric, but it's uh, it's actually thick. Mm -hmm. One quarter inch or almost a half centimeter or seven centimeter thick. There's different designs, different tanks. They use it in some of these big stadiums. Uh, and uh, you can get different colors of stainless steel. So the idea is then use a structure that's based on this type of thing. Very light, relatively speaking. So the other option was to build a, a temple out of solid uh, stone and uh, bricks. And that was costing over like $100 million, $80 million. And I don't believe it's a lot of money. It takes 15 years, 20 years to build it. Takes a huge uh, foundation. The foundation would be alone, two meters thick, and you know, gigantic. So the, our structure engineer said, "This is easy. This you can build in three years, four years. You can it take it real small. And the cut your cost down by one third. You don't need such a big foundation." So now, maybe 30, 40 million dollars, we can build the whole thing. And uh, we have some sponsors already for most of what we have. And so it's like, now everybody's getting like uh, enthused that, hey, things were going to reach now before it was like maybe outside a lot of capacity. But uh, the installation of DVDs is like where it begins. It's like Trump began in New York. And from that little 26 second editor storefront, and from there everything happened. Like in my effort, told us to keep the grass hot. He said, in the future, there will be a little spiritual city here. He showed this is where it all started. At one point, all there was was this grass hut. So now, this is really a new phase that we're coming into with this. Uh, the DV installation. This somehow at the time when the DV, when we decided that we're going to install the DVs, go forward, even though we didn't have a clear picture about the temple. But then all these things started to appear. It was very exciting. And we hope that simultaneously, when we do the Mayapur collection, we decided the 10% will spend on these kind of social issues, like how to care for the devotees and building infrastructure so that in case anybody wants to retire and all they do something, there'll be a hospices and yeah. widows ashrams. Already we started building one widow ashram. So like this uh, and other ways of helping the movement. There's a saying, you know, like, if the tide rises, it lifts all the boats. You know, that's what we use. Everything can be uplifted. Anyway, after 38 years, thirty-nine, the next two thousand one year after that will be the fortieth anniversary. Two thousand and five. <coughs> Festival, excuse me. <laughs>
Another big celebration. 40th year. This guy reaching the West. And then after that, it'll be the 40th anniversary registration of Anyway, shall we see how much we all share the Prabhupada? By his prayers, by his surrender, he became that transparent media by which Krishna's mercy could flow through. Krishna wants to give his mercy, but he needs also some. Can do it. He usually has to go through some devotion. Well, all of you will take, be inspired by Prabhupada's mood here and take it up so that people here in South Africa, the rainbow country, will become liberated. Mary Thomas and Raja still here. <laughs> ignorance and passion still. <laughs> Any questions? That's the question before we You have a question before you leave? says one thing, but they do something else. They tell you, don't smoke, very bad, and they go outside, they smoke. They tell me not to do it, but uh, he does it. So in Kali Yuga, there's all kinds of hypocrisy. People say, don't do like this, but then they go behind and they do it. So this means there are a lot of falsehood, a lot of, uh, yeah. Because of that, people have disagreements, misunderstandings, fights. When does that mean unnecessarily? But Kali Yuga also means it's a special time when people can very quickly become Krishna conscious if they follow this process given by Prabhupada. So normally it would take thousands of years to be Krishna conscious and become Krishna conscious overnight. In this short lifetime we can go back to Krishna. 
You want to go back to Krishna and recite that? You want to take your mother and father with you? Very good. Good boy. One can do that by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. They get first initiation, even they're not uh, initiated as a Brahmana. They take first initiation, they chant Hare Krishna. They can also achieve with a surety Brahmanirvana. Even some persons, by some special mercy, they're able to realize, go back to the spiritual world, even without any qualification. But that's like a special bonus case. In the glories of the fifth chapter, Bhagavad Gita, told by Lord Shiva to Parvati, there was a husband and wife. The husband was a musician. He was born in a family of devotees. His parents were devotees. They tried to teach him to be a devotee, but he was only interested in music. So the parents want to do, being dutiful parents, they trained him up to be a musician. So as a musician, he was married, he had a beautiful wife, and gradually he became very famous and he became the royal musician. So as a royal musician, so many ladies were admiring him while he was singing and playing music. So he had a few opportunities come up where he could be unfaithful to his wife and have extramarital relations. So when the wife heard about this, she got very upset with him, naturally. The wife are doing all this. So, he promised I'll never do it again. You know how it is, it was just an accident. I really love you and uh, nothing like that. But it was happening again and again. So, she got desperate. She wasn't very smart about these things. She thought that in order to teach my husband a lesson, if he's being unfaithful, I'll be unfaithful also. And that way force him to be faithful with me. But then, so she did something unfaithful with some man. He found out, he let him, she wanted her to find out. I need to find out. And then, he said, what are you doing? Same thing you're doing, I did. What's it? You're a woman. Let me get I'm a woman. I can't do it. You're a man. You can do it. We should both not do it. But then what happened in the midst of all this, she got attached to the man. But she didn't expect. It wasn't her original plan. So, this 
family life became a horrible thing, suffering like anything, with each other because they weren't true to each other. She got more and more entangled with this uh, other man, and he would chastise her and big arguments and everything. So then she thought that my husband is an obstacle for me to enjoy. So one night while he was sleeping, she killed him. She killed her own husband in the bed, cut him up in little pieces and threw him in a well. You wonder what is that little Bhagavad Gita that comes at the end. So when he dies, he's dragged off to Yamalok and he's there in the court of Yamaraj. And there all the account keepers saying, look at this guy, he was born in a good family, he had every chance, but he was doing illicit sex, he was doing adultery, so many things. He simply wanted name and fame to enjoy the low life. So then Yamaraj said, okay, then what you deserve, you are a high flyer in society, royal musician, but your consciousness was in the pits, it was in the, the darkest regions of materialism, so you deserve to be born as a vulture. You'll high fly and look for the dead bodies. This is your next birth. So you straight off, given some special treatment in the resort area they have called Hellish Regions, and then send off in a vulture body to fly around. Meanwhile, his wife was getting the pension from the king after her husband didn't come back for a long time. He was presumed dead. She was trying to enjoy life, but she got many terminal diseases. She had a very profound hemorrhoids and piles. They didn't have any cure that I don't know, they have a cure now. She died bleeding from the anus. Then she was dragged off to Yamaraj also. And Yamaraj heard her case. They gave the whole story, killed her husband, adultery, so on and so forth, all these things. So I said, well, you are one of the, appear like a very nice person to everybody. You came around like a widow, looked like a very nice person, but you were acting like an animal. So you don't deserve to be a human being anymore. You can become a female parrot. You'll look very nice, but you have a bird brain. <laughs> so she's flying in the forest as a female parrot after being the wife of the royal musician. So one day, the royal musician, who's now a vulture, is flying over the forest and he sees his parrot and he has the flashback. This is my wife from the previous life who killed me in my sleep. Here is my chance for revenge. And he swoops down and he grabs her. Because vultures are big, you know, you little parrot, no match. 
And he decides, I'm not going to kill her quick. I'm going to kill her slowly. Make her suffer for how she made me suffer. So he's like ripping her apart. And she's screaming, eek, 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 eek. I don't know how you're laughing, it's a horrible thing. <laughs> Have some mercy on the poor parent. Screaming and being torn apart. So, you know, all this hard labor of torturing his wife on the previous birth, he got very thirsty. So he's looking for somewhere to drink. Then he saw some bones. And he saw a skull upside down filled with rainwater. So for a vulture, that's like nectar, skull water. What could be more delicious, right? For a vulture, man. So he swooped down and was sitting on the skull to drink some of the water. And the parrot is screaming, chee, 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 because she wants to get out. She's bleeding, she's suffering. Half her guts are coming out. Then one hunter hears the parrot screaming, takes his bow, shoots the arrow. It goes through the parrot and through the vulture, kills them both. They fall into the skull water and they die there in the water. Both the Atmas are taken from the body and taken to Yamalok. There they're together, husband and wife, in a subtle body before Yamaraj. And the accountants are saying they didn't suffer enough yet. These two were really nasty and they need to suffer more. But then Yamaraj thought for a minute and said, no, they're both free to go back to Godhead. Now, how is it possible? I mean, they did, you know, up to now, have you heard anything religious they did? Anything that is, how they went back to God? Even the husband, he said, back, 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 back. How, but how, what did I ever do to deserve to go back, back, back to God? I'm a very sinful man. I didn't do anything good. He said, you see, you die in the water of the skull of a great devotee who every day used to read the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Because of reading the fifth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, his whole body, even his bones, even his skull became purified. So that the water in the skull was like a tirtha water, like Ganges' holy water, it will become a holy water. By dying in that water, you're free from all your karmas. Your karma is wiped free. You're free to go back to Godhead. So that is how potent Bhagavad Gita is. We can't imagine. I mean, if somebody dies in the skull water, they go back. What to speak if you read every day Bhagavad Gita? Why not read it every day? How long would it take to read fifth chapter, fifth chapter? Any one chapter if you read Bhagavad Gita every day, that alone is enough to get your ticket book. 
So we have a regular program, morning Bhagavatam class, evening Bhagavad Gita, chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. By the way, Bhakti Chuma gave me a note that the little lady is coming here in 10 minutes. I hope. Please expand. the last question. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please would you explain which is more important, serving Lord Sri Krishna or serving his devotees? You say, what's the difference? Good question. We want to please Krishna, right? Who wants to please Krishna? What is the purpose of serving, to please Krishna? So one will please Krishna more. And Krishna gets more pleased when you serve his devotee than when you serve him. That's why serving the devotee is considered better. Krishna likes to serve his devotees. Krishna's devotees are doing a confidential service for him in this material world of delivering the fallen soul. So if somebody is helping them, then Krishna is very pleased. That's why Srila Prabhupada said serving the devotee is considered more important than serving the Lord. But it's another way of serving the Lord. When we serve the devotee, we're thinking that by doing this, I'm serving Krishna. He'll be more pleased with me. So it's not any different. It just means that in this world, the devotees need help. If you're helping a devotee, then Krishna appreciates that more because he would like to directly help. So he's using you as an instrument to help his devotee. Srila Prabhupada said to his disciples that I see all of you as representatives of my spiritual master. He has sent you in order to help me to fulfill his instructions to me. I should do it all by myself, but I'm not able to. So he has sent you to help me. So even my spiritual master has seen his disciples as a representative of his spiritual master. It's a very esoteric relationship. Whenever someone would come to see Sula Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and offer their pranam, their obeisances, then he would reciprocate by offering with folded hands his obeisances and say, Dasasvi, I am your servant. Therefore I am sitting here in front of you why am I on an elevated seat? Just so I can see everybody, that's why. So you can see me. But actually I'm here as your servant. Thus us me. I am your servant here to serve you. And your service to Krishna. Please could Guru Maharaj explain about the pastime when Lord Chichitanya Mahaprabhu 
first exhibited love for God yet. Thank you. Depends how many more questions you got. Any more on the slate? Slates are all empty. There was one more slate. What is the significance of keeping your beads in a bank? In other words, I read that Bhakti Vinod Thakur never allowed anyone to see his beads. Why? So the beads gather mystical strength. That's why it's more important to chant on beads. But when the beads, the main purpose of the bait is because the beads are long. We chant with 108 beads. So if you chant long, it may touch the ground. That's the main reason that the beads don't touch the ground. But also, if people see the beads, some mystics are there, some subtle entities, they can try to steal some of that mystical potency from the beads. How they do that, I don't know, but that's another reason we're supposed to keep our beads hidden. We say Gayatri, we're supposed to keep our hands and the mudras hidden under the cloth. Such things are mentioned in the Shastra. How they do it, I guess you have to be a ghost to know. So we don't want to find out. So we just uh, follow. Sometimes we have to chant Prabhupada, but sometimes chant with the beads out for initiation to something. It's mainly a practical thing. The subtle thing is very, not very well known, so I don't know how important that is. But the uh, main thing is that you're a cunningness. Watch it, Tanya. First exhibited the uh, love of Godhead when he got initiated. How many out here are initiated? Very good. I hope that you all experience love of Godhead when you got initiated. But usually it doesn't happen so quick. But Lord Chaitanya, because uh, he was a Krishna himself in the mood of Radharani, once he got initiated in Gaya, in the state of Bihar in India by Iswar Puri, and he started to manifest ecstatic love, uh, pure love for Krishna. Tears were pouring from his eyes. He was dancing in ecstasy. So his first display of love of Krishna was when he got initiated. That is a turning point for all of us. We get the seed of devotion. And that from that point, our devotion can start to 
sprout and fructify and grow more. So that was demonstrated by Lord Chaitanya. He was performing a pindi swat for his uh, deceased father and he was worshipping the lotus footprint of Gadadhar, Vishnu and Gaya. So when he was uh, offering, he was offering the food to the lotus footprint and he was doing Abhishek. Since he did Abhishek, tears start pouring from his eyes and he started to also feel so much love for the Lord. So after the initiation, and when he was worshipping the Lord, then he was experiencing this love. So we also experience love, it awakens, it's already in our hearts, dormant, but it awakens uh, through the different impetuses of Guru's mercy, Vaishnava's mercy, Shiksha Guru mercy, to the mercy of uh, Radhyatra, Janmastami, Radhastami, Kadasi, uh, different holy months and holy days. Uh, reading, hearing the pastimes of the Lord, chanting Hare Krishna, visiting the holy places like Mayapur and Vrindavan, performing Parikrama around Mayapur, Navadivdam, Rajabhumi. Hearing that all these kind of things can awaken higher and higher levels of devotion and ultimately love for Krishna. That's, but in Lord Chaitanya's case, it was like damned up waiting to come. So as soon as he got initiated, as soon as he did his personal service for the Lotus Footprints of Vishnu, he became so mad with love of Krishna, he decided to go to Vrindavan right now. Vrindavan Di Harilal! Vrindavan Di Harilal! I'm coming to Vrindavan to see the land of Krishna, 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 Vrindavan Di Harilal! And he's running. And he's just running towards Vrindavan. Then there's a voice from the sky that says, Wait! Now is not the time to go to Vrindavan. Now you have to go back to Navadip and start the Sankirtan movement. Later you can go to Vrindavan. Now Sachi Mata and all the devotees are waiting for you. You have to go back to Navadip. So then Lord said, oh. <laughs> he was all fired up to go to Vrindavan. Had to turn back and go to Navadip. Start the Sankirtan movement. So on the way, he stopped at Kanaya Natshala. You know where Kanaya Natshala is? Used to be in Bengal, now it's in uh, Bihar also. After the partition of India, they reorganized the state. And that is where he first manifested ecstatic love of Krishna in separation 
But I got two more questions, so I'm not going to give the details of that unless I run out of, unless I finish these and I have more time. Dear Maharaj, please excuse Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.